Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Uh, surprise, everyone's here. The fuck? I did not expect this uh, to the point where I have a confession to make. I'm, I'm a little buzzed. I, had some, I drank alcohol tonight, all right? I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, I went to the game. Uh, there was a, a, a lovely foursome from Vermont that uh, I don't even remember what it is that they like. Catherine Veritek did this thing where like you donate money to a good cause and then you can go to the game with me and Catherine. And we did that tonight. And lo and behold, all right, we drank. So what? So what, Pat? Sometimes people drink. Am I right? You are correct, Michael. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I did. I had alcohol tonight, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, sometimes you got to blow off some steam, and I feel like, I feel like, uh, you know, the appropriate amount of steam was blown off. I'm not, I'm not drunk. Uh, I'm not belligerent. I'm not pat light. I'm not just okay. a drunk piece of shit. <laughs> I, uh, I know. I'm just, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling loose, and I'm feeling great after a. Boston Red Sox victory here on Wednesday night, June 1st against the Cincinnati Reds. We got Pete Blackburn back in the house and the first topic that we got to hit on. First topic. We jump on this podcast and I'm looking at the Zoom call right now. It says Tyler Milliken, Pat Light, Jake Yazzie, Pete B. Explain yourself. Why does it say Pete B? Uh, my, my first name is Peter. Uh, mm-hmm. sometimes I go by Pete for short. And yeah. then my last name is Blackburn. And the first letter of that is B. And sometimes you just got to throw a last initial in there. Do you go by B for short? I mean, I could. It's have you ever introduced yourself to someone and been like, Hey, what's up, man? Like my name's Pete B. Like, it sounds like you're about to like rap in the nineties. <laughs> That's right. Maddie B raps. I'm Pete B raps. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So apologize. What am I apologizing for? Not using your full name like everyone else. Uh, I like to keep it anonymous sometimes. Okay. Right. Off to a bad start. We're obviously not going to get anywhere with this. Um, I'm not apologizing. No, that's fine. What am I, need- Steve? Yeah, that's well, what I'm I don't saying. have nothing to apologize to for. That. I was literally about to say that uh, because I feel like you guys didn't get your opportunity to, to throw your jabs at Steve. Uh, Tyler and I did it last episode. Uh, Steve said it and he kind of caved to the pressure. Like he's getting a lot of hate right now on Twitter and he caved to the pressure of the hatred. Um, but then when asked to apologize, someone said like, it's okay, Steve, we forgive you. And he said, I have nothing to be forgiven for. So he didn't, he never apologized. He just deleted the tweet to be like, Hey, stop saying like mean things about me. He, he's not sorry. Like, don't don't get it twisted. Steve never apologized. He's not sorry. He doesn't regret. Or I guess he regrets it because people are saying mean things about him on Twitter. But he's not sorry for what he did. 
and he should not be let off the hook. Like the fact that the Red Sox won tonight takes some pressure and some heat off of him. But as far as is his his arrogance and his negligence and his ignorance, um, inexcusable, inexcusable from Steven. I wanted to give both Pete, Pete B and Pat Light a chance to, to voice their opinions on the matter, because this is this is a big story. Uh, well, I have a few updates since the last time that I was on the podcast, which seems like a fucking year ago at this point. But one of them is that uh, last Friday, I saw Steve for the first time in, in a long time. Mm-hmm. We actually we both went to the Celtics game, uh, stinky little Celtics game. They lost game six. Uh, hey, Jake, did you realize that uh, the Celtics are in the NBA finals? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but after that loss in game six, me and Steve got beers. And that happened to be the night where Steve said it and Steve jinxed the Red Sox, an absolutely crushing, demoralizing loss on Friday night at Fenway. I did not realize that he said it that night and that the Red Sox crumbled after that. Had I known, oh boy, it would have been a much tougher night for Steve at the bars. But he got off. He got off scot-free. And I apologize. I feel like I have to apologize to everybody here for not holding him accountable. Patrick? I mean, I don't have much to say. It's Steve. This is, this is what he's known for. He's known for utter nonsense. Um, you know, this, this is what it comes down to. Uh, this is the same, the same Steve that unfollowed me from every social media account. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the same Steve that decides to say this, even though we specifically stated, not just us, uh, there's got to be about 4,000 Red Sox fans, maybe more, that have said it several... I was on TikTok Live today. My entire comments was, don't say it, Pat, in all, ca- all caps. So, I mean, listen, it's, it's what we've come to know from Steve. Uh, me and Steve have squashed our beef since the unfollow. Um, but, you know, beef's back on. Back on. <laughs> beef's back on. That's what we should title this podcast, Jake. Beef's back on. The beef is back on. Wow. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I I told Steve, the floor is yours. If you if if you want to come on the podcast to apologize, you can. Uh, if you want to come on the Tuesday night stream to apologize, you can. But the the facts are the facts. He's tweeted it in his own words. He's not sorry, and he doesn't think that he has anything to apologize for, which is disgusting. It's All- despicable. What did you see the response to when we tweeted the last episode holding him accountable? Yeah, he did the yawn emoji. Yeah, which not not only does he, he, yeah, not only does he tweet the yawn emoji, but like anyone that chirps him on Twitter, he'll just tweet yawn at them. I've never seen this much Steve hate. Uh, He's been getting bombarded with it. All he has to do is say sorry and and that he'll be better. And this goes away. And maybe the Red Sox, I don't want to say turn their season around because I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they need to turn their season around. They had a they had a, a, a piss poor homestand. But I mean, it it could be directly pinpointed, direct correlation with when he said it. And it again, it almost cost the Celtics a fucking finals appearance. We have, a, we have a don't say it campaign. We should have a say it campaign. And people say should sorry. Just, yeah. People should just tweet at Steve saying, say it. Well, say I, got it. A, I got a bone wow. to pick. I have a With- bone to pick. And you guys might not like this. This is this is this might get you guys a little upset at me, even though I don't think it'll be maybe Pete and Jake. 
possibly Tyler. Jared, I don't think cares. Um, <laughs> someone, a name, guy by the name of Jake Sullivan, fifteen, said in response to uh, Steve something, saying it almost as bad as Eddie Point at the watch. Blah 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 blah. Steve responds to this gentleman. I don't know why he responded to this gentleman because there are people that say way worse things. The first thing I saw was, "What if you shut the fuck up?" Uh, so that was that was tough. But he responds to this guy saying. Um, being a New York Giants and Red Sox fan is worse than all of this. I mean, the Red Sox is the only team that I don't. I root for the Celtics and all of them. Like I prefer the Boston teams win, but I don't really consider the Patriots a Boston team. I'm more of a, I'm a Giants guy, but I grew up as a Giants fan. So here's the thing, uh, and and Pete and I already had this discussion earlier uh, this year about okay. how New Jersey and Connecticut are the, just the worst. Um, hmm. I don't. Not sure how this is relevant. Yeah, well, we're getting is. there. We're yeah. getting okay. there. Okay. Why don't you shut the fuck up? Yeah. We'll we'll explain. Listen, it. my name does not rhyme with Schmeev Schmeralt. So you can't <laughs> say that to me. The the Connecticut thing is probably worse than the New Jersey thing. If you're from Connecticut, your chances of being a Yankees Celtics fan, a Patriots Yankees fan, a Red Sox, I, I guess like Giants is not that bad. Like I know some like Red Sox Giants fan, whatever. Like you're one of them, right? Yeah. But you grew up a Yankee fan, piece of shit. Anyway, I also uh, give two two fucks about the Giants. Yeah, like well, I, the only you, sports you team want I care the Giants about. to do well because then Green Rock does well. Yeah, it's the only true sports team that I actually there's two actually that I really really want to win are the Boston Red Sox and the West Virginia Mountaineers. Yeah, nobody around so, here would give a fuck about the Giants anyway, like in split fandom like that if they didn't beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl twice. Yeah, like true. nobody would give a fuck about the Giants. That wouldn't yeah. anger anybody. No. No, but yeah, I don't I don't really, really care yeah. about split fandom like that. Uh, like one of my good friends is a Yankees Bruins fan. And it's like, that's odd. I'm not I'm it, not going to tell anybody combo, that, but I'm not going to tell anybody that like from Connecticut that they suck if they root for if they have a split fandom like that. Uh, my take is always just that Connecticut sucks. Connecticut is just the worst sucks. state in the United States. I've always held that opinion. It's the no, it's fucking no man's land in a lot of different ways in sports fandom and just in general fandom. There's nothing worth going to in Connecticut. It is the flyover state of the Northeast. Jake, do you have any takes on Connecticut? I was going to say it's the drive through state also. It's like mm. whenever you're in Connecticut, you're just trying to get somewhere else. Exactly. It is really true, though. I don't know that I've ever gone to Connecticut. What would I, you go to Connecticut for? I'm trying to Krispy Kreme. I dated a girl in... from Connecticut and she was the fucking worst. Same, so. dude. Yeah. So, yeah. The fucking worst. Uh, I mean, I've dated some, I've dated, some, I've had some pr- pretty bad relationships. Uh, the Connecticut <laughs> one, I don't know that it ranks number one, but it's definitely up there. Mm. It's definitely up there. Um, so let's get rid of Connecticut. Uh, if you could, if you could get rid of Connecticut or New Jersey, what are you voting for, Pete? Connecticut. Connecticut. Is it even close? No, I have nothing against New Jersey. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, New Jersey. I have nothing wrong with Pete B. So thank you very much. Pete Thanks, Pete. At least, at least, uh, at least the at least New Jersey has a an NHL team. Connecticut is so shitty that it lost theirs. Yeah, that's very very accurate. Wow. Connecticut, man. Anyways, I don't know how we got off on this tangent. 
I, I like drunk, where we're at, that's though. how. <laughs> I like hey, the energy. I like the energy in the room. I'm not drunk. Jared, can I talk to Pete for a quick second? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Pete, can you just ra- bring, bring your mouse over one of the pictures that pop up all the names on the screen? Yeah. Take Gander at mine. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Let's go. This is what I like to see. Pat L is in the house, folks. Hell yeah. <laughs> You're an asshole. You guys have like a special thing going on, like the whole like uh, never do the podcast, but like you vibe together type deal. Yeah, like, we I we that. text each other the morning of the podcast and we're like, yeah, you doing this? Yeah. And he's like, nah, I'm like, ah, nah, <laughs> that's right. Some girl. <laughs> did you see the tweet that I threw out there? Oh, you fucking liked it. You scumbag. Me? Yeah, yeah. you're going to have to be more specific. Yeah, because of your tweet, you scumbag. <laughs> All right. So I threw out a tweet that was very funny. It was a very funny tweet. Uh, it said, <laughs> "It's because uh, Hunter Green exited, I think, in like the fourth. Um, that he has an ERA over six, which is bad. And I, he throws really hard. I think he has the hardest average fastball velocity in, in the majors this year. And the tweet said, throwing triple digits, but not being good. Hunter Green, and then the handshake emoji, Pat Light. Uh that's just a fact. Like an ERA over six is not good. Pat Light, also not good. And then this girl responded to it and said, can't throw triple digits or be a good friend. Jared Carabas, handshake Jared Carabas. It's a good response. I would so like that. You, like you, you would think that that's a good response, right? But like what I said, Hunter Green, ERA of six, that's objectively not good. Pat Light, Okay. I mean, come on. Okay. Here's the here's both the, both things can be true. Right. But then but then to say, all right, I can't throw triple digits. But you're gonna sit here and say I'm not a good friend, Pat. Yeah. You want to know why? Whoa! This, what the fuck? In this instance, and if you looked at my response, you would know why. Not this, adding me as bush league knows he shouldn't be making fun of his friend. Yes. You didn't at me, so you'd think it would just go by the wayside, <laughs> and Patty West side would never see it. But guess Patty what? Nips. That motherfucker got tagged in that thing <laughs> a few times by some people, mm-hmm. so I would see it. Mm-hmm. And that's why, hence the bad friend. Listen, listen, all right. If I could go back in time, would I have done things differently? No. <laughs> uh, I but guess would I, I would have tagged you. I guess I would have tagged you. Um, but you know what it is? Is that if I tag you, then only, I was, before you say this, Jared, <laughs> yep. there is only one excuse in this in this in this instance that mm-hmm. I would accept. Sure. So I'm curious to hear the why you didn't tag me. All right. The reason why I didn't tag you is because then it looks like I'm fishing for a retweet, and that seems thirsty. Mm. And Tyler agrees. I see him nodding. T- Tyler nods at everything. No, wait, don't no, listen wait. to Tyler. No, Pat, Pat, stop talking. Because seriously, <laughs> the what second you- Pat stopped talking. <laughs> no, in the I can't. First, like six minutes. This slander from Pat. Who was with you when Sandra left you last That's week? True. Pat, That's who was true. there? Who, who was in who was that, there for you in those mentions supporting mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Answer, Pat. Answer the question, Pat. Pat L. <laughs> Jared was there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Here's here, here's the excuse that I would accept. Uh, it's that I wouldn't want my mentions flooded with the bullshit responses to that tweet. So that the, the yeah, the, I was trying to save you from all the like overload on your phone, dude. The the the, the uh, thing I would accept it because I'm a little bit anal sometimes is the Whoa. it looks <laughs> <Nice>. cleaner. <laughs> 
It like looks the, cleaner. Yeah, it does. It, it looks it looks, it looks cleaner. The tweet is better without the at because you didn't do the at, you didn't do at Hunter Green. Right. So because one is not at and the other would be that it doesn't doesn't look as clean. Still should have tagged me. However, that would have been what I accepted. I do also accept somewhat that you look like you're fishing for a retweet. However, I'm so much significantly smaller than you on Twitter. It doesn't look like you're fish. If I tag you, maybe I'm looking for a retweet. Sure. But vice versa. You, you know, everyone also, that follows me probably follows you. <laughs> here's, here's the other thing, too, is that if I tag you, then it looks like I'm just joking. But if I don't tag you, then everyone knows that I mean it. Hence the bad friend. So we're back to square one. All right. But can I, can I pivot for a second? Pivot. Go ahead. I didn't mean it. It's the perception of meaning it. You know? Okay, so you just want everyone else to think you're a bad friend, while I don't, and that's what it is, right? Is that is that what you that what you want? Yes. Okay, I accept. Do you think I'm a good friend? Great friend. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Except for on Twitter. Excuse me. That's what you just said. You wanted the perception of a bad friend out there. That's Twitter. I think a lot of people would probably uh, read my tweets and be like, you know what, Jared's a really good friend of Pat. I think a lot of people read tweets and be like, I don't think Jared likes Pat at all. <laughs> <laughs> have I, this Jared, do you have this Jared and Pat guy, they, they do a podcast together? There's, there's no way they like each other. Are there any other examples that you have, Pat? I mean, you, the first interaction we had was you writing a full blog about me and, and going after my social media. You deserve that. Erroneous. That... <laughs> <laughs> It does not matter whether or not I deserve it or not. There's friendship, and then mm-hmm. there are people that go after you in, in blog world. All right. And that's, that's what we're doing. Let me ask this question then. And be honest. Of course. I'm always honest. I'm going to take you back to 2006. Okay. Okay. It's 2006, but your life right now, you can take your life right now and you're bringing it back to 2006. You follow? Okay. Okay. So it's the peak of my space, is what I'm getting at. Mm hmm. Where would, like tequila. where would I be on uh, top, your top eight? Top eight friends. Where would I be? I remember them. Where would I be? On uh, my top eight friends. Yep. Right it's now. It's this life. It's this life where just it's, MySpace is huge. It's, it's, it's right now, but snap your fingers. It's 2006. So like MySpace is it. Like Facebook, no one gives a fuck. Like you need like a college email to have a Facebook. No Twitter, no TikTok, no Instagram. It's just like MySpace is where it's at. And I want everyone to know who my best friends are. Where am I at on your top eight? You're my best friends. Okay. Um, I would say, without going through all of my friends, mm-hmm. I would say you're probably six. Ugh. I think that's fantastic. That's what a guy with a six ERA would say. Well, one, I mean, you have you have like like three of my best friends growing up. Then you have Pete. Do B. you even talk Hell to yeah. them <laughs> all the time? But guess remember, you your have Pete three B. best friends. Do you have a podcast with them? Yeah. No. Okay. All right. So oh. I think six is a good number. I think six is a phenomenal six number. Is, I got I mean, Pete B, and then at five is another really good friend of. Oh no, at four you is would another put good. Pete. B ahead of, B, of course. Number four, baby. Yeah, number four. What? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And then at five, we double up just to reemphasize Pete B at five. And then Jared. So Pete B is twice before I appear once. Which theoretically makes you five. Top five? Look at you. 
<laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Look what you did. Look at you go. Wow. Where would you put me? You're not making the cut after that. Wow. Yeah. I would start well, putting luckily, like, luckily, MySpace lets you edit it. So, boom, out. Hmm. You would take me out because we're not putting you in? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I, you, you cannot have a... Uh, you cannot be in somebody's top eight when they're not in yours. Yeah, I can't yeah, be seen doing look. that. I would probably put you somewhere way higher than six. For example? Uh, let's see. Um... Well, see, the thing is, people back then had MySpace pages for their businesses and things like that. No, so no, like, no. Yeah. Yep, this yep, is a personal yep, page. Yep. I know. I had I had sock space in my top eight. That's fair. I had uh, Sully's was in my top eight. Okay. Still Where am I? Six, six more spots. I'm not saying that that's what I would do today. So let's hear it. But I, I, where, where I was getting at was... I would probably have like the podcasts in my top eight. Or maybe maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I would just have my co-hosts who I obviously care about a lot. You were just dancing around this question right now. Number two. You'd be number two. Okay. You'd be number two. Who's number one? Pete B? Jake. Jake? Mm-hmm. Can't be mad at that. Was Jake no. even alive in 2006? <laughs> What do you think? I'm like 16. <laughs> That'd be sick. That'd, That'd be, be sick. sick if we had a 16 year old producer who was just sick. like a fucking king. Yeah. Jake, how old are you? 21? 24. 24. Oh, okay. You have so much life left. Ugh. Ugh. Milk, are you, young. Young, are you the youngest? I think technically I just turned 24. Okay. Hmm. I had MySpace for one year in sixth grade. And I, you know, I had a Red Sox background and moved. And when you clicked on my pa- or, or on my page, it played "I Love College." Uh, oh. So yeah. <laughs> sixth, sixth grade. grader, hell yeah, brother! In sixth grade, I had Asher Roth banging through. I thought I was mature, mm. and I was kind of out there like that. I respect mm. that. Thank you. Great song. I love. I was feeling it. I hate college by Sammy Adams. Better song. Also a very good song. Yeah, that was a good song. Um, Enjoyed the both. What was your uh, what was your MySpace song, Pete? If you can remember, uh, it was probably like some fucking like dashboard confessional. I had like a real emo face back in MySpace days. Actually, it was probably some like fucking Good Charlotte. Great songs. Well, Good Charlotte's a band, but yes, they did have great songs. Yeah, I think like it was it was. Probably like a 98% chance that it was good Charlotte. <laughs> good Charlotte. Jake, you know good Charlotte? Yeah, what was there, that one song? Uh, They've got a lot of them, I'll tell you. No, they don't. Uh, there was like one good song. The Anthem? The Anthem rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? Yep, oh, man, me and Pat are the same brain right now. <laughs> Come on now. This is why you're four and five on my list. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good song. Oh. Could have been some Fallout Boy in there as well. Sugar, we're going Boy. down. I think I got, I got like Fallout Boy after Good Charlotte. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I would definitely put Fallout Boy in front of Good Charlotte. I'm just saying, like, later in life, I feel like Good Charlotte was like fifth, sixth, seventh grade ish area. And I think like I started getting Fallout Boy towards the end of middle school, eighth grade, mm-hmm. freshman year high school. How old are you? 31. Same. 
Wait, I lied. I'm 30. <laughs> I have a feeling. Uh, I'm about to be 31, though. Pete and Pat are just going to end up doing like a spinoff podcast together <laughs> where they just the best friends podcast. Do you think we get better ratings than? Never Probably. mind. I'm not going to ask. <laughs> so far, attendance, we'd never do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> one episode one every two yes, months. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of recapping every series, we're going to recap every month. Yes. <laughs> what a month it was. We'll recap pre-All-Star break, post-All-Star break. Yes. That's it for the season. And we'll be drunk both, both episodes. <laughs> See you next year. Episode two. <laughs> I would listen to that podcast. We should, we, should do, we should do that as like a special installment of this podcast where it's literally just me and Pat like recapping the first half of <laughs> what we watched yeah so i saw the game in april <laughs> two in may <laughs> he looks great i gotta tell you <laughs> have you watched any of the reds games now me yeah tonight you watched tonight yeah good one to watch did you find it odd that garrett whitlock had no strikeouts um, well, let me ask yeah. you a hypothetical question before you answer that question. Okay. If you were to go to the game tonight, Pat, mm-hmm. is there like a ticket app that you might use to, to get seats to the game? Uh, you really got to get them on these things. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, I've got an idea. What is it? Pete? Pee Typically I, I like to go with SeatGeek. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and and you've used SeatGeek a lot this season in particular because you're now two and three. I'm two and four. Two and four. But I am on a two-game heater. Right. Which, that's my second update, is that uh, I know everybody was a little bit down after this <clears throat> past weekend's action, uh, but I am not because the Red Sox were 2-0 and oh in games that I went to, and uh, I believe 0-3 oh in the games that I did not go to. Mm. So. And- this was after you ran into Steve, correct? That is true. Mm-hmm. So, I did I like fucking Space Jam Steve? Like, did I take... No, Steve all... doesn't have any powers. That's true. <laughs> There's no good vibes to steal like, from literally, Steve. I think, uh, <laughs> he just yeah. didn't poison you. Right. I don't, the, something happened. Something happened. Because not only did they win, but like, they were fucking killing the ball. You know what it is? Me. Those first three games, you were using the competitors. And then those last two games, you were using SeatGeek, weren't you? That's actual, That's factually accurate. You're using SeatGeek for the games that the Red Sox win, and you too can watch the Red Sox win if you use SeatGeek. Um, Pat, hey, brace yourself for an existential question. Uh, has, your, has your butt been having enough fun lately? Nope. Well, if not, then it's time to start using SeatGeek. It's the official uh, ticket app and website of Pete Blackburn Mm -hmm. of the Name Redacted podcast. Uh, If he goes to see the Red Sox for the rest of the season, he's using SeatGeek. I'm using SeatGeek. Jake, what what are you using for tickets these days? I usually go with SeatGeek. SeatGeek. Tyler, are you a SeatGeek guy? Why the fuck wouldn't I be? Exactly. SeatGeek is so beloved by butts everywhere, Pat, that they've made it the highest rated ticketing app 
whether it's concerts, baseball, basketball, football, festivals, or anything else. Are you a festival guy? I feel like you would be. Pat. Me? Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy a good festival, not, but I like the, I'm a secluded guy. What so does like, that mean? Like there's areas where you can pay a little more money and have your own space. Yeah, I know. Because how much money do you have? <laughs> you know, that's another fucking thing while you read this ad. <laughs> I was on TikTok, at, on TikTok Live again, and that was more questions that popped up asking what my net worth was. Did you answer it? No. I don't care about your net worth. I want to know like liquid. Like what do you got in the bank? <laughs> yeah, it's, always, it's always what you want to know. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a while since I've heard somebody deliver a real good. That's another fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> those those well, hit different sometimes. If you if you didn't if you nail the delivery, no doubt, yeah, nail it. Oh, you yeah. nailed it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, whether it's concerts, baseball, basketball, <laughs> football, festivals, or anything else, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. And buying is always simple when you're Pat Light because he has at least, at least between three to five million dollars liquid in the bank. SeatGeek rates every ticket from zero to 10 to make sure you're getting a good deal. Green means good and red means bad. And for all the people out there that aren't like Pat Light that have at least $5.5 million in their savings account, you can get $20 off your first purchase with the promo code Jared, that is J-A-R-E-D, at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. That is promo code Jared for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. SeatGeek, get your seat and a seat and download the app today. <clears throat> uh, the Red Sox split a series with the Cincinnati Reds. I just, here's my take, right? Um. The Cincinnati Reds started the season four and twenty-three, and then they after that won thirteen of twenty-one. So I knew that if they lost even one game to this team, that it was going to be a big deal, and everyone's like, "Oh, how do you lose the Cincinnati Reds?" And blah 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 blah. First of all, Cincinnati Reds playing better baseball, one and two. Luis Castillo owns that ass, and you drew Luis Castillo in game one. And I know that Pete listened to the podcast. I know Pat still listens when he's not on. Uh, we said it on the last episode. The Red Sox going into that start on fucking Tuesday night were 1-1 one, one for 21 against Luis Castillo. That one hit belonged to Nick Pavetta, who is a starting pitcher. So it was probably not going to be an easy, an easy victory. And as it turns out, by the way, Tyler, I don't know what your availability is. I know that you, uh, the late nights are tough. We need to get you on one of these Tuesday night streams. Of course. Because as I'm starting to learn, the people that listen or watch are mostly Red Sox fans. And the people that tune in at the end are Red Sox fans and Yankee fans or people that want to see me suffer. So I need someone that's going to match the same energy that I have. Trust me. Yeah, I I suffer as much as anyone. Uh, It's a lot of pain. And I suffered on, you know, that game against Luis Castillo. I think one of the things that angered me about that game was as good as he was, they handed you that game on a platter. Like, Mm. they gave it to you. And, you know, some people are crying about Franchi. I get it. You know what I mean? The the first Devers error, I'm sorry. That's not Franchi's fault. Devers threw that ball three feet down the line. The Bogarts one, you should have at least blocked it. You know, you can't let that run come in and score. But ultimately... When you score one run in 18 innings between those two games, you know, the final game of the Orioles series and the first game of the Red series, you're going to get what you deserve. 
whether it was Devers grounding into that double play, three and one, ball outside the zone, you still ground into that double play, you kill a rally there. You get into the ninth inning. You got Kike Hernandez, you know, guy at third, guy on second. You can't come through with J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, like Alex Verdugo, Trevor Story. Nobody comes through there. I think that's where a lot of the frustration lied for that game. It's just you had every chance to win it, and you lucked out on those Joey Votto doubles. This is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in a baseball game. He missed having a two-homer night by three and a half inches combined. Absurd. A- absolutely absurd. But you had every opportunity to win that game. But I think that's why it resembled so much of April, and I think that's where a lot of people started to panic, mm-hmm. where it just, it just took a little bit from the offense, and you would have got there, and you lucked out getting even a run in the ninth inning with that Joey Votto you know, ball pops out of his glove. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew know. I knew the second I said this on the stream. <clears throat> um, I knew the second that Xander Bogarts fielded that grounder, threw it in the vicinity of Franchi Cordero, and it went by him and led to a run to make it two to nothing in the what was that? The top of the ninth? Oh. Uh, the eighth? Yeah, the eighth. Top of the eighth. So it's two nothing. No, top I, of the ninth. It was the top of the ninth. Had to be because they went in right after the bottom of the ninth and couldn't put anything together. Okay. Two to nothing. I looked over at Jake. Like this is how this game's going to end. Red Sox are going to score one run just to fuck with us. So that the discussion is going to be that one play. That by the way, there were a couple plays over there with Franchi Cordero at first base where. An experienced first baseman is going to know that uh, you your foot is not glued to the bag. I was the fall down thing is literally I can't stand that. One of my like I don't have notes that I bring into this episode or this show very often, mainly because I'm not here very often. Uh, One of my notes is, is Franchi Cordero a bad first baseman? Like the genuine question, because I don't know how much first base he's played. Thought he was an outfielder. Uh, he, from what I've seen, he is terrible at playing first base. It, it's definitely not good. He started learning last year when he was down in AAA, and then they kind of strayed away from it a little bit because it wasn't super urgent. And then didn't really do much of it during spring training, picked it back up when Travis Shaw started sucking, and now he's kind of learning on the fly again. I don't know if it was the uh, if it was against the Reds or the Orioles, but there was a throw that I think it was the Orioles. There was a throw that was like pretty high and he fucking leaped off of first base, like leaped and got so lucky that he somehow came down with like the toenail of his big toe and they reviewed it. And he was and it was that would have cost the Sox a run, I believe. Because he, did, because he didn't throw home. Yeah. He was arguing the call and they, they scored a run while he wasn't looking. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That is a little league play. Avaldi almost murdered him. Like you, you could see he was standing there and he just started screaming. Um, just for the defensive metrics, he's minus one defensive run saved and minus one outs above average. So slightly below average in that category. But I don't think you can trust really any ball that's going to bounce anywhere near him. All right, I just needed to ask that. I, I yeah. needed that cleared up for me. And I also said that it was kind of like hindsight's twenty twenty for you know even calling myself out, complaining about. I think one of the tweets that I had was um, 
if you had a real first baseman playing first base, then you know that's a it's a one nothing ball game still, and then you tie you tie it in the ninth inning, and you see what happens from there. But Franchi's been hitting; he's deserved the playing time that he's got. I think obviously, if it if this were a playoff game, that Bob would have been playing first base for defensive purposes. Um, I think yeah. even if they had scored some runs, usually when they get up, they pull him pretty quickly in these games, even if it's like two or three runs. It was just you had absolutely nothing. Yeah. Pat, what did you what did you what did you see tonight? What did you like tonight, Pat? Honestly, I'm gonna talk more <clears throat> not just about tonight, but just in general. I mean, it's we we took it to a lot of good teams in the month of May. Not all that surprising to have a down series against what we assume is gonna be a, a not so good Orioles team. Uh the Reds, you know, that pitching matchup in the first game, but I'm not that surprised. I'm I'm happy we won tonight for the sole and we hit well tonight for the sole reasons we're going to go play another bad team. And I don't want us to to, to flop on all these opportunities to be able to start catching up games. Um we if we're gonna have any chance of catching the Yankees, these are the series we need to take. Uh so I'm not I like like one, yeah, do we sweep the entire weekend, including the Reds, if Steve doesn't say that? Of course. That's obvious. We all know that. But uh, in a baseball thing, I- I'm not that concerned about it. It was a, it was a down series because the guys didn't get up for the games. I'm not that surprised they didn't get up for the games. The Orioles and the Reds, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a lot easier to get up to pitch against Shohei Otani than it is to get pitch against uh, some Oriole player that I don't know about. So, um, it it wasn't that surprising to me, especially after a really good month. And I'll take it. Let's just have another good June, and we would forget about these series. I think the frustrating part about it was the Angels lost six in a row. It was like that was your chance to kind of go and grab that wild card spot and get right in there, and you kind of missed it. But I think that's also the biggest bright spot coming out of this series. You're three and a half back of the Angels. You're, go- you're about to go play Oakland. You should beat up on them, especially after kind of disappointing against the Reds and against the Orioles. Then you have a four-game series against the Angels. Like, you hit put a good week of baseball together here. You do what you need to do. You get hot again. You could be beyond 500. You could have some kind of placing or be within a game or two of that third wild card. You're still right in that conversation. And I think that's kind of the attitude you have to take. Like you won the first game of June. Great. You have a day to reset. Now you go on this West Coast trip. You play your cards right. You could have a playoff spot. And and that was something that I talked about with Maz earlier. Was you know, you're basically a third of the way through the season. Where are you at? How do you feel about this team? And like, are you panicked or are you concerned? <clears throat> and what I said was essentially, uh, the division is what it is. Like, I don't necessarily think that you should be comparing the Red Sox to the first place team in your division because you're comparing it to the best team in baseball. Like, where do the Red Sox stack up against the best team in baseball? Like, that's not even a comparison. Like, right now, you, you're just focused on getting in. Uh, and with the extra playoff spot, it's not like... I feel like too many people are set in the former playoff format where you've got to win 90-something. Like, you don't, you don't have to win 90-something games to get in. And the way that I see it is that the Red Sox team that exists right now Hypothetically speaking, if they can, like Tyler was talking about, if you can overtake the Angels and at least 
get in a playoff spot or hover around a playoff spot by the trade deadline, that gives this team incentive to go out and make additions. So if you get in, the team that's going to be playing those playoff games in October is not the team that we're nitpicking and bitching about right now. It's not going to be the same team. The same way that last year when, all right, the Red Sox were in first place and they were doing great in the first half, that team was not the team that we saw in October. They go out and they add a Kyle Schwarber, which changed everything. Like You go out and make additions that kind of reshape and almost give the team a completely different identity. Like If the Red Sox, get, and that's why it's so important to win these fucking games against the Orioles and the Cincinnati Reds, uh, because we talked about it in the last episode, how you've got a West Coast trip coming up, and then how July is predominantly against American League East teams, which the Red Sox have not been able to perform well against. Uh, that's kind of what you're looking at, is you've got to win the games that are the gimmies, the, the layups. And that's what this entire homestand was, was a five-game series with a fucking last-place Orioles and a two-gamer with the Cincinnati Reds, who, again, just to remind you, started off the season 4-23. and You had five against the Orioles. You lost uh, three out of five. And then you had a two-game series with those Reds, and you split. That's inexcusable. You can't do that. Because now when you go out to the West Coast, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. And when you play those American League East teams in July... That's going to be a little bit of a challenge. So you want to give yourself some cushion. Uh, and now they've put themselves in a position where they've, they've got to step up. And maybe that's a good thing. So <laughs> when I, when it, so like when you talk about level of panic, what, like what do you think the ceiling of this team is? Is it just hanging around in contention? And like if, you're, if you hit that ceiling, then you hope for additions? I think it's it's it, it's at least being in the conversation so that by the time the trade deadline comes around, you're within no more than four games out um, to where... I mean, even four is is probably pushing it. Like, if you're within three... I guess it also depends on how many teams are in front of you. Like, if you're four games out and there's three teams in front of you that that's aren't even in a playoff... Game. Yeah, that, that's a lot. Like, you're, dep- you're, like you're, uh, you're not in control of your own destiny by any means. Um, but if you find yourself, you know, three and a half out and there's maybe one team in front of you that's not in a playoff spot, like now you're in a position to like, all right, let's let's address some needs here. Let's let's bring in some reinforcements because it's I don't agree with the stance that this is not a team worth investing in. Um, I, I think you, the first thing you look at is the 12 blown saves. And I think that. It's not like it's a concern that developed over time during the season. Day one, opening yeah. day, we're like, really wish this team had a fucking closer. And then you continue down the line. It's like, still wish this team really had a closer. That'd be, that'd be nice. You blow 12 saves. And I, I think we looked at it before. It's like the average uh, blown save total in amongst major league teams is, is like four. So let's just say they don't even save all 12 games or whatever. It's like, You've got a winning ball club here. It's just finding the the pieces where they fit and getting guys to perform consistently. That's really all it comes down to. And like those parts of the team, it's like, listen, Chris Sale, we're getting the updates every single week now. We are. You know, if you don't want to bet on James Paxson, I can understand it. You know, he's throwing. We'll see when he starts throwing off a mound and gets to that point. 
Chris Sale looks slated for July. Like that's before the trade deadline. That's when you're going to be facing, you know, this AL East gauntlet. Garrett Whitlock, hopefully, you know, or we'll see at that point how they handle it. There's a fair chance he moves back into the bullpen at that point. Uh, you know, and especially, you know, we can still talk about tonight. Good start tonight, but there's some weird things. It's still like the growing pains of him being out there and kind of learning how to pitch as a starter. They're evident. And for a guy who hasn't started, you know, for a full season, there's workload concerns. It's like there is you have more things coming for you than I think a lot of teams you'll be competing against. More bullets coming in kind of just in terms of, hey, Frank German, is this a guy who nasty appearance down in AAA today, uh, closing out a game for them that Alice Cora has talked about coming to help them. We know what the Woosocks rotation is. One of those arms stepping up. You have things coming. Who knows what's going to play out with Josh Taylor? And that's not including the trade deadline. I don't think it's crazy if you get to August and suddenly you look at your team and you went from being one of the thinnest teams to arguably the deepest team in the division. I, I so I don't know the deepest, but I, I, I know what you're saying, but I would also not want to wait to that. Like one of the things that I fucking want to see is the pitching, especially grow an identity as you head closer to like when sale comes back and like you can slot sale in, but like I want the other pieces to have more of an identity. And I feel like they just have no fucking identity when it comes to pitching, I especially think the ro- in the bullpen. Yeah. I think the rotation, I-, I give them a lot of credit for what they've done. They- they've been really solid for you overall. Nate Evaldi, we know the Homer issue still in a good spot. Nick Pavetta has been nails since May came around. Garrett Whitlock, even as he's kind of learning how to figure things out, like, Still been above average. Michael Waka, like he's been the surprise out of everyone. And as much as people want to crap on Rich Hill, he had a, you know, his ERA was below four going into this last start. I don't think it's the greatest thing ever, but realistically, the reason you were even in games that first month of the season was the rotation. I think they were 12th in ERA in uh, the month of May. So like not great, but good enough. I think it just comes down to that bullpen, but it takes shifting. As we've said, one of those arms, we see Tanner Houck has figured it back out. You know, he's out there. What he did tonight was great. Uh, what he did against Baltimore a couple of days ago was great. Shout out Austin Davis for helping him fix that slider. I think it's a zero ERA in his last 11 innings pitch. It's just like just moving one elite arm in that pen moves everyone down. And I think that's what they need the most right now. And I think there's more than just that coming. And I think that's where the trade deadline comes in. And you can say, hey, you add a David Robertson and Garrett Whitlock out there. I think people start to feel great about this bullpen. I would just rather look at Chris Sale as found money instead of a savior. I, I think that's fair because uh, who knows? You know, anything could go wrong in that route again. But I think, unfortunately, that's the bet they took on this team. And I think that's a fair criticism where you can go and say, like, you needed one more dependable arm out there. Yeah, <clears throat> that's got to be priority number one. And uh, it kind of got me thinking in terms of options. And again, the closer that we get to the trade deadline, we're only on June 1st right now. But the closer that we get, um, I, I think it would be wise to explore um, non-rental options. It doesn't necessarily have to be a cost-controlled guy where it's like, all right, I've got uh, three years until free agency or I've got one year of arbitration left and whatever. I, I, think, um, I think if the Red Sox are going to explore some sort of bullpen option that the likelihood that it's a rental uh, seems low to me. Seems low. Because this is 
I mean, you're just it, it, you go out there and get a rental back end of the bullpen guy. This is just going to be a, a problem for you next year too. You know, like it would be wise to to at least explore that. Um, kind of like how Pete has explored freshly. That's right. If you know me, you know that I like food. Mm-hmm. And you like uh, you like food that's going to make you uh, healthy, right? Because you're you're in shape. That's right. I'm a growing boy. You're a growing boy. Yeah. 100% growing boy. Um, the thing about Freshly is that it's food that's fast, but it doesn't have to be fast food. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work. Their meals are designed by nutritionists, cooked by chefs, then delivered fresh. Other meal deliveries need to be prepped and cooked, but Freshly is ready to eat in just three minutes. That's wow. that's not a long time. I'll tell you, I've I've done some of these other meal services. I'm not going to mm-hmm. give them the promotion that they don't deserve, right? But uh, they list like these these times for cooking, and they're like, "Yeah, ready to r- preparing time, twenty minutes. You're that's good. Too much time. Maybe I'm. Uh, it is that is too much time. But I don't have that kind of time. I'll tell you what. Maybe I'm just a stupid little boy, but that shit takes like fifty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Facts. Ain't no way I'm putting that shit together in 20 minutes. Yeah. You got three minutes to spare, Pete? Oh, yeah. Three minutes. Because no one wants to spend an hour cooking dinner after a rough day at work or an infuriating commute. At the end of a long day, takeout doesn't have to be your only option for an easy dinner. Whether it's for you or your whole family, Freshly gives you convenience, flavor, and nutrition. Freshly has delicious, fresh, healthy meals. Get chef made. Nutrient-packed meals delivered straight to your door. No cooking required. Fresh and never frozen. Ready to eat and enjoy in just three minutes. Use the Freshly website or app to find meals that fit your lifestyle with plans that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. Choose from over 50 nutritionist design entrees like their classic steak peppercorn, multi-serve sides like their masterful mac and cheese, or their new line of plant-based meals. Skip the grocery shopping and dirty dishes. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every single week. New meals are added weekly, so you're never stuck eating the same thing over and over. Stop stressing about dinner. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $125 off your first five orders when you go to freshly.com slash Jared. That is $125 off at Freshly.com slash Jared, J-A-R-E-D. What a deal. What a deal. Um, whew. Uh, all right. I mean, for a split, we're not doing a uh, Clark's Ketchup MVP. That's only for a series win. And uh, things didn't go our way on Tuesday. Red Sox and, and and one of the things too we talked about this before, um, with Garrett Whitlock and the the slider being an issue, it was something like it went from sixty seven percent whiff rate to like a twenty five percent whiff rate. Garrett Whitlock and I hate to harp on the negative here. I mean the guy goes six shutout innings, did not strike out a batter, which. Like I'm not gonna say, uh, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and complain 
about six shutout innings. But since that May 4th start against the Angels, where he struck out nine, he struck out five against the Braves, three against the Astros, three against the Mariners, four against the Orioles, and zero against the Reds. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to, um, you know, sit here and say that it's a huge issue. I think I want to say when he finished the fifth at 70 pitches, is that right? Mm, no, that was sixth. his night. Okay. So he finished the sixth at 70 pitches. Um, he only had four swings and misses all night. No strikeouts, four swings and misses. Lots of double plays. Which is great. Um, I'll take it. But it's the one run. None earned. Didn't walk anyone. I love that. But also no strikeouts. Did you uh, see Stats tweet, Jared? No. What do you say? So uh, before I say it, unblock me. Um, but Whitlock Sinker had the lowest VLO of any outing so far, 93.6. The previous you know, high was 94.5 during that time. So the velocity has also ticked down. Not good. And he said after the game, I listened to the presser, like he wasn't trying to do really anything different. He was just trying to get ahead of guys. He said, you know, when he faced Seattle, he followed the scouting report a little too much. So this was just trying to get out ahead. And, you know, he wasn't planning to say, you know, I'm going to avoid strikeouts. It's just kind of what happened. Yeah. Mookie just homered again. Freak. God. Mookie homers every single podcast. Um. All right, Pat's picks, the top five state flowers. Uh, Pat's picks brought to you by Green Rock in Hoboken. Um, Obviously, you've had, I don't know, six weeks to prepare for this. So definitely, there's a 100% chance uh, that that you're prepared for this. Pat's picks. Of course, I'm prepared for it because uh, I would never come unprepared. Um, so, <clears throat> Jared's so, so I, disgusted he just walked away. I know I have something in my. Uh, I have a cough. So let's hopefully let's finish the segment before he gets back. <laughs> let's go. So uh, number five, the red carnation, and it is the state flower of what, Tyler? Maine. No, you know better than that. It's Ohio, of course. Come on. The red carnation doesn't grow in Maine. Too cold. Um, Wait, real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. What significance does it have to Ohio? Oh, well, it's uh, named after... It's the official flower in 1942 to honor Ohio President William McKinley. William McKinley, this beautiful blossom. <laughs> is the apple of the state's Buckeye. Well, why did you pick this one? I picked this one because uh, it's named after a president, which obviously very important to our country, um, but not the most important. So that's why it's at five and, and not as far as far up there as the other ones are. Were there any honorable mentions? We'll get there. Okay, continue. No, there weren't. <laughs> Scratch that. Keep moving. <clears throat> Let's not do that one. Um, You're just skipping four? No, no, no. We're just not. I, I wrote one and then I crossed. It. I didn't want that one. I forgot that I made a correction. Bad start. 
The California poppy is, of course, the state flower to which state, Jared? Uh, I'm going to say New Mexico. New Mexico. Close. Pretty mm-hmm. close. That's a good guess, Jake. Mm-hmm. Definitely Wyoming. Wyoming. <laughs> Wyoming. Wyoming is also incorrect. Right side of the country, though. I know Pete B knows this. Uh, what was it? I wasn't listening. Sorry. The California poppy is the state flower to which state? Montana. Montana. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's great. You guys are going to kick yourselves for this one. Tyler, take a guess. Puerto Rico. Puerto Ooh. Rico. Interesting guess. No is the answer. The California poppy is the state flower to California. Mm. Uh, How the fuck was I supposed to know that? That's yeah, true. I know. Listen, I wish they put the name in the name, you know, something like that. But um, it's um, it's Spanish for Jared. Jared, you know what this is Spanish for, right? Yes. What is it? Uh, what's the what's the word? California poppy, which is also known as Copa de Oro. Ah. Wait, no, yeah. that translate that literally translates to to California dad. Mm-hmm. Not according to, to to my research. California Pappy? No, no, no. Copa <laughs> de Oro. California Pappy stands for But we're not de- asking about California Pappy, okay? Oh man. <laughs> I thought Copa you did. Sorry. De Oro. The, the Patent Pete podcast is uh <laughs> going down in flames before you even get a single episode. That's that's tough. Copa de Oro. Well, it stands for cup of gold. Ah. Uh, yes, which, you know, as the stars align in Hollywood, lots of gold out there. Mm-hmm. Moving on mm-hmm. to the blue bonnet. Yes. Blue bonnet. That's the state flower of the uh, Utah. The Utah. <laughs> the, the Utah. Uh, incorrect. Okay. Incorrect. It was close, though, right? Of course, of course you're yeah. close. I know yeah, you yeah. just dance around the state that it actually is. Right, right, right. Uh, Tyler, go ahead and tell us the state. South Dakota. Incorrect. Jake? <laughs> don't Alabama and Mississippi share it? No, they don't. Good guess, though. <laughs> <laughs> Pete B? Uh, Kentucky. No, no. We're getting further away. Folks, it is the state flower of Good old big heart Texas. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Everything's bigger in Texas, as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why most people think I'm from there, but I'm not. Uh, but the state flower, it's it's just a very beautiful blue uh, color. Uh, it has a little pinkish hue as well. Pinkish hue is the is the hue it has. Yes. Moving on. Moving yeah. on to number two. Um. Nope. Uh, moving on to number two. The forget me not. Oh, forget that's me Las not. Vegas. Las yeah, it's right because the what happens there stays there, mm. so you forget. But wait, it, wouldn't that be the opposite, right? State, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is the problem. Let's bring down the the vibe of the podcast. And what um, event, life event, do people often get? Nine eleven. That's nine eleven. No. Oh, sorry. No, not nine <laughs> eleven. Uh, Hawaii. The life event called Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were talking national no, tragedies. We were, no, no. We, I went to Pearl Harbor for that one. That was in Hawaii? Oh, Tyler. Wait, are you kidding me? Tyler? Yeah, where did you think Pearl Harbor was? <laughs> I misheard. My call was breaking up. I thought you guys were talking about uh, something breaking else. Breaking up. That is yeah. such a bush league. That's like yeah. deleting a tweet. Yeah. Um, don't, don't compare me to Steve. Tyler, what, uh, what uh, life event do you typically get forget-me-nots? Not you personally. I'll give you a hint. Not you personally. 
the guests get forget me nots. I don't want. Uh, and we're bringing down the vibe. Uh, New Hampshire. <laughs> no, no. The, 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 the life event of New Hampshire is not, the, it's not what I'm talking about. Are you Jake. not looking for a state? No, you didn't pay any attention to my question. Okay. Jake, name the life event and please do not name a state. Name the life, of, life event that's going to bring down the vibe that the guests of the event get this flower. I think it's oh. divorces. The guests at the divorce ceremony. Very good guess. Very good guess. Uh, no, that's not correct either. It's funerals. Ah. Uh, and, and wakes. Uh, it's oftentimes get forget-me-nots. People plant, plant them and then not forget the person who passed. Uh, but this is the state flower of, of course, Pete B's favorite state, which is Pete... Connecticut. Connecticut? Oh, that... Oh, damn, I shouldn't have asked you. So, I was going to say, I was going to say that would have been perfect if the state been. flower of Connecticut was just associated with dying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nope, it's not. So that, that, your, your second favorite, remember? New Jersey? Nope. Not, don't, uh-huh. not, not a real favorite. Just name a different state. Um, <laughs> New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Your fourth favorite. I forgot you dropped this one down in your top eight. Um, uh, Idaho. Oh no! You just switched it. Number five. Uh, uh um, fuck! I don't know that many states. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michigan. Mm, six. Mm. Ohio. Seven. Arkansas. Eight. Memphis. No, that's ten. Tennessee. Nine. Florida. Ten. Uh, New Mexico. Eleven. Uh, oh shoot! All right. Uh, Washington. 12 uh Oregon 13 I'm on the I'm in the right I'm in the right section 13 Colorado that's 14 think, oh shit Montana 15 uh, Wyoming 16 oh this is tough. what is North, happening North Dakota 17 <laughs> South Dakota. No, he 18. pointed up. What's there's nothing above North Dakota. That's what I'm going up and left. Oh, that's up and left. Wait, is it the the top left corner of the United States? Mm-hmm. What state is that? Washington. I already said that. Oh. Up. Still up from Washington. I didn't think there was anything above Washington. Yes, you do. <gasps> Alaska. Your 17th favorite state, oh, Pete, of Alaska. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I forgot you reordered your top, your top 17 states. That's right. Yeah, I totally sorry. Forgot. Yeah. I forgot that, that Alaska was up there by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole well, thing. That's why it jumped. It, 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 I was, know, I was, um, thank, thank God that I finally got it because I was running out of states there. <laughs> I know. I was waiting for you to see you go to your keyboard to bring up a list of states. <laughs> Uh, but yes, of course, Pete's 17th favorite state. That's Alaska. right. Home of Jeremy Swayman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the number one state flower in the country. Take a guess, people. Hold on. Don't take a guess yet. I have to bring up my list again. 
Where do you guys think this is going to be from? No, I have it. All right. Number one. You're going to say New Jersey. Number one. New Jersey. No, that's honorable mention. That's the violet flower. Honorable Ah. mention New Jersey. Shout out Jersey. The Garden State probably Mm -hmm. should make it in, but I knew I would get a tremendous amount of shit for that. Right. Um, Number one is, and if you don't guess what state this is based off the name, I I think you're probably bad at this. It is the Mayflower. Ah, that's Massachusetts. Wow. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, the top five state flowers brought to you by Patrick James Light. You have it here, folks. Big Sam and, Sushi. And, yeah, Big Sam Sushi. Um, guys, I, it's, it's been an honor doing this segment. I know Jared said this is the last one we're doing. No, so no, I, no, I really no, appreciate not. everything no, in the support. No, it's not. No, no, that's what you said. Uh, the next uh, time that Pat shows up, uh, Pat's Picks. Uh, what did someone submitted one, Jake? What was it? Gotta go check the records. Yeah, someone. It's not that. I mean, we don't even need to tell Pat because it's not like he's gonna fucking do the research ahead of time. He's just gonna make it up on the spot. But it was a good one. Hmm. Hmm. Pat's May makes... Mayflower is the best state flower, but where does it rank in uh, ships? Probably up there. Mm. Top seven. All right. We'll find out next week when we do Pat's picks top ships of all time. Wow. Top, we, well, we were done shipwrecks. All right. Yeah, well, now we're going to do ships. Well, those it's are like, the worst ships because yeah, they didn't make it. It's totally different. Totally different. Okay, top <laughs> ships. Um, anyways, welcome back, Gosling's Rum. Wow. Dark and Stormy Day right around the corner. Perfect time for Gosling's Rum to get back into the mix. We all know the power of an MVP. They make good teams great. The folks at Gosling's Rum know a little something about MVPs. All the most valuable fans and super fans across the world who have made the Gosling's Dark and Stormy one of the most popular cocktails on the planet. That delicious combo of smooth Gosling's Black Seal Rum and spicy Gosling's Stormy Ginger Beer cannot be beat for a summertime cocktail. Visit goslingsrum.com to get Gosling's products delivered right to your doorstep and get $15 off your order of Gosling's rum, ginger beer, or dark and stormy in a can using the promo code DRAFTKINGS. Oh, baby. We also have uh, not not an announcement yet, but uh, Gosling's is going to be in the mix for, for some other content that we're doing. Pretty excited to have... Uh, Gosling's back. Shout out oh. to Malcolm Gosling. My dog is literally just pissing on the rug behind Hell me. Hell right yeah, now. brother. Let it Very rip, cool. Dog. Very cool. Let it rip, I dog. smelled it and I just turned around and he was pissing. Very sick. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Pete's cleaning up dog piss. Let's do the stop and shop look ahead. The Red Sox are going out to the West Coast. We've got a nice little West Coast trip here. Uh, they started off. I mean, they should they should be able to handle this. Okay. Nathan Avaldi, they're playing the the uh, they're off on what's tomorrow Thursday. They're off on Thursday. They begin a three game set over the weekend with the Oakland A's, who are twenty and thirty three. Uh, Friday, Nathan Avaldi versus James Caprillion, Nick Pavetta versus Paul, not Pete Blackburn, and then the Sunday finale at four oh seven is going to be Rich Hill versus Frankie Montas, who might be on the move at the trade deadline. James Caprillion, uh, he's got an ERA of six five nine three zero and two. Um, his he's having the worst year of his career. He missed all of April with an AC joint injury. He's allowed at least four earned runs in half of his starts and two home runs in a third of his starts. 
the A's somehow still four and two when he pitches. The Red Sox have not had success against him, but obviously they haven't faced him yet this year. Paul Blackburn is one of the unsung heroes. If you listen to baseball is dead. Yeah. Dallas Braden blows Paul Blackburn every single time uh, that we record an episode. He's five and one with a two one five ERA, a sub one whip. Does not strike out a lot of guys though. Uh, he's pitching. He's been pitching in the big league since 2017. Um, but this start will give him 11 on the year, making a career high in appearances for him. Interesting. His career ERA is four seven three. So he's having a, a breakout year. <laughs> he gets 30% whiff on the cutter, curveball and changeup. Uh, his cutter fucking blows. Uh, opponents hitting 333 with a 667 slug against it. Don't swing at his curveball. Hitters are two for 33 against it. Just don't swing. The A's are eight and two when he starts, and he's never faced the Red Sox. Then you have Frankie Montas. Is this a potential future Red Sox? I don't know. He's very good, though. 309 FIP, and he leads the majors in innings at 64 and two thirds innings over 11 starts. He's pitched into the seventh inning in six of 11 starts. Uh, He's had two games with double-digit strikeouts. He's got an elite chase rate. The splitter's filthy, 145 batting average against. Slider, 160 batting average against. Yet somehow, someway, the Oakland A's are 2-9 and when he pitches. So, (laughs) that being said, prediction time. Jake, you're up. I got a sweep, Jared. You got a sweep? Jake's got a sweep of the Oakland A's. Tyler, what do you got? I'm going sweep as well. Wow. Uh, I think they're going to carry momentum here. Uh, I like Nate Evaldi starting the series off. I think you can set the tone. I think the Red Sox outfield defense is going to have a nice little series getting into a big outfield like this. And even though Rich Hill is going to be going up against Frankie Montas, I think if there's a ballpark you want to see Rich Hill, someone who's going to give up a lot of flyouts, but you know the, lo- or the long ball can become a problem at times, Oakland's a good place to have it happen. So I think the Red Sox bats are going to stay hot. I think they're about to go on a little bit of a run here and kind of set up well before they go up against the Angels. So uh, I'm going sweep. Patrick. I'm torn. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say two out of three. We two out of three. It. We take two out of three. <laughs> I'm only, tell because, Pat. only because we've, we, you know, the Red Sox team we've seen now 50 plus games. I think 52 on the year, if I'm not mistaken, or 51. Um, the team has continued to prove that they're inconsistent. Um, and you know, against a bad Oakland A's team, and we still got Frankie Montas, a former Red Sox, former teammate of Pat Lutt. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I just I don't I don't have enough faith in this team that they're going to put together three good games in a row. So uh, I think uh, I think I think we take two out of three. Fair. I'm tailing Pat. I got Sox two out of three series dub. Get the West Coast trip off to a good start. And I think Pete said. A sweet. 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 <laughs> He's got a sweet. All right. Um, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday. I don't know who's going to be here, but it's always fun when we get the, the whole gang going. Um, I feel good about this weekend. I might even, you know what? I might even t- turn on the, uh, the Oakland A's broadcast. I might listen to the Oakland A's broadcast for this series. I think it's always interesting. I think I did that the last time. I think I was in Miami. Um, when the A's played the Red Sox last season and in Oakland, or maybe it was in Fenway, but 
uh, because I was out of the Red Sox broadcasting zone, I could switch the broadcast. Uh, and I listened to the Oakland A's broadcast in Dallas through some through some jabs in there. So I'm going to see what he's got this time around and uh, hoping for hoping for things to keep going well. <clears throat> they needed to win that last game. They needed a win going into this pod. They got it. We're going to keep it rolling. We'll see you on Sunday. Buenas noches, amigos.